Welcome to The Scientist Speaks, a podcast produced by the Scientist Creative Services team. Our podcast is by scientists and for scientists. Once a month, we bring you the stories behind newsworthy molecular biology research. Neurodegenerative disorders progressively impair a patients' ability to function. Scientists expect the prevalence of these conditions to increase as the world's population ages, and their clinical, genetic, and pathological heterogeneity complicates disease diagnosis and prognosis. The link between the immune system and neurodegenerative diseases, such as amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, also known as ALS, is becoming clearer thanks to scientists' improved abilities to profile immune cells. A recent study by a team of ALS researchers showed that specific immune cells in blood and cerebrospinal fluid at the time of ALS diagnosis may help predict disease progression. In this episode, Iris Kolbatsky from the Scientist's Creative Services team spoke with Caroline Ingra, a physician and neurologist at Karolinska University Hospital, and Solma Zyazdani, a PhD candidate at the Karolinska Institute, to learn more. Amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, or ALS, is a fatal neurological disorder where the nerves in the brain and spinal cord that control voluntary movement progressively die. Initially, patients have relatively mild symptoms, such as muscle twitching, weakness, tripping, falling, fatigue, or dropping objects. As the disease progresses, muscle paralysis increases, eventually affecting a patient's ability to eat and breathe. Biomedical researchers push the boundaries of knowledge in their quest to discover new ways of understanding and treating ALS. For Caroline Ingra, understanding how the immune system influences ALS progression holds the key to developing new ways of tracking and treating the disease. Ingra treats patients and pursues research simultaneously, putting her in a unique position to transform what she learns at her patients' bedsides into research questions, and then bring her scientific progress back to the clinic. Together with her student, Solma Zyazdani, and the rest of their team, she is breaking new ground in the field of neurodegenerative disorders. Ingra's fascination with the life sciences began at an early age. My interests in the human being and the pathology of diseases started really early on. When I was young, a kid, I was wondering why things happen in a specific way. And I actually made up my mind to become a physician when I was 11. I was really interested in the brain. So I started to focus a lot of energy into different neurological diagnoses. And then when I started my residency, I met ALS patient the first weeks. And I was very fascinated by the fact that the patient was healthy and had this small problem of being unable to move the right hand. By me delivering the diagnosis of ALS, the patient was also dying. This difference in being alive and dying at the same time was really fascinating. And I thought that if something can affect a patient that quick, then if we could just solve it, the patient can live on. We just need to solve this thing called ALS. I also loved science from very early on. I was very curious how living beings and human body works. I remember when we're always going out for the field trips, I was always looking around for the small creatures on the ground and everything. Later on, I studied biology and then I moved on to biomedicine for my master's. So it became more clinical. I always loved neuroscience. I wanted to have like a better picture of what is happening with the different diseases and 
what are the underlying reasons? One of the people that made me interested in ALS was Caroline because we had a course with her and she was talking. She actually transferred all her passion of ALS into me at least during that one session. I got to work with Caroline and have this uh, very great project of working directly with the patients. Researchers know that an underlying inflammatory process is associated with ALS, as with other neurodegenerative diseases. Specific patterns of immune biomarkers are recognizable in the blood of ALS patients, but the exact role that immune cells play in disease onset and progression is unclear. Clinical trials using T-regulatory cell injections for ALS patients have shown that this can improve disease progression at least temporarily. T-regulatory cells play an important role in suppressing autoimmune reactions and are neuroprotective. Scientists still have many questions about when neuroinflammation begins, whether it triggers ALS, or whether it develops as the disease progresses. Answering these questions will help them identify biomarkers that can be used to diagnose ALS, predict disease progression, and develop new treatment protocols. Ingra Yazdani and their team investigated the role of T-cells in ALS pathology and whether they can serve as biomarkers at the time of diagnosis to predict disease progression. I think it's an emerging field now, the biomarker landscape. What are the diagnostic and prognostic biomarkers? How can we divide them into subgroups? Since it's ALS and the disease is rare, it's difficult for research groups to gather big cohorts. So a lot of the material that is presented can also be on smaller groups of patients and not with so much follow-up data. And the ALS patients are really different. We don't know how to characterize them yet. Some want to subgroup the patients in non-cognitive and cognitive patients. And some want to subgroup the patients into SOD1 ALS and non-SOD1 ALS. And there there could be genetic ALS and non-genetic ALS and so on. That means if you have smaller cohorts, it's really, really difficult to know what are you actually seeing when you are investigating the patients. So I think that this study is extremely important because it's a large group. It's follow-up numbers. It's done by few physicians. So we know that the diagnostic criteria, the workup, the lumbar function and the blood works are all handled the exact same way. The methodology used here is very innovative. So we have a lot more information that we have in other studies. I think that this is a start of more investigations in this particular field of T-cells over time, maybe we will be able to subcategorize the patients better. Ingrid Yazdani and her team collected blood and cerebrospinal fluid samples from 89 patients who were recently diagnosed with ALS. They transferred these samples from the clinic to the lab, where they analyzed immune cell characteristics using flow cytometry to determine the proportion of different cell types and their level of biomarker expression. They also used single-cell RNA sequencing to analyze RNA expression for different cells and determine their activation states and the associated lineage marker expression. After detecting the immune cell subtypes in the blood and cerebrospinal fluid samples, they performed statistical analysis to determine whether certain types of T-cells were associated with disease progression and patient survival. 
One of the most important parts here is that we analyzed both blood and cerebrospinal fluid at the same time. There have been a discussion, of course, on what is the best way to look for biomarkers in these kind of diseases. much easier to look into only blood because it's easy accessible, but it's a disease of the central nervous system and it's always better to collect tissue from as close to the origin of the disease as we can. And that is what we believe that we are doing when we're collecting cerebrospinal fluid. One of the best things here is that we had data from both blood and cerebrospinal fluid at the same time and we could correlate those and get information what is happening. We collect them at the same time and we analyze them together so we can compare the phenotype of immune response in the blood versus what we see in the central nervous system. It's very interesting to see whether blood can be a good proxy for what we see in the central nervous system that is actually the place of neurodegeneration. In this case, there was a strong correlation between the immune cell profiles in the blood and cerebrospinal fluid of ALS patients, suggesting that blood immune signatures are representative of immune activity in the brain and spinal cord. The association between immune biomarkers and disease progression was strongest in cerebrospinal fluid samples, supporting the idea that the immune response is stronger, closer to the site of neurodegeneration. But the really exciting breakthrough in this study was identifying the specific immune cell profiles that may serve as biomarkers to predict patient survival. When we performed the RNA sequencing, we saw expansion of certain cell types in ALS that was not previously shown in any of the literature, namely the CD4 cytotoxic cells. This is a very interesting finding because there is a new cell type that we can look into and find its role in the course of the disease. And also, I think this study can have implications for their clinical trials to target the immune system. We saw that certain immune cells, such as CD4-positive cells and P-effector cells, were associated with a higher risk of death and the activated T-regulatory cells. When we get the ratio of activated versus the ones that are resting, then we can see that this ratio is uh, protective. This means that the more activated T-regs we have, uh, the longer the survival is going to be. After this, we looked again for the single biomarkers to see whether we find any association between these cells and the progression of the disease. We use ALS functional rating scale, which is a scale that shows the amount of functional ability that the patients have. Patients that have higher levels of activated T-regulatory cells or lower levels of resting T-regulatory cells, if they have higher ratio of activated to resting, then the disease is going to progress in a slower manner compared to the other patients. This was the finding in blood and in CSF, the results were stronger. I wasn't expecting that it would be such a big difference or an impact on survival. But the very interesting part for me was the effect of this ratio of activated to resting T-Rex, that it's not only important to have more activated cells, but rather interaction between these two different cell types that is important. Ingrid and Yazdani already have ideas about how to apply these findings to future studies. For example, rather than beginning with an analysis of predetermined cell types using flow cytometry, 
RNA sequencing can first be used to identify cells of interest that are better targets for flow cytometry analysis. The more well-defined the immune cell biomarkers, the more applicable this approach will be for clinical translation of new diagnostic, prognostic, and therapeutic methods. They also acknowledge the importance of extending beyond the time point of newly diagnosed patients, tracking them longitudinally to determine how T-cell phenotypes change over time. It's very interesting uh, to see how this change of immune response follows within the next few years and contrast that with the progression of the disease in different patients and their clinical characteristic. The cell types that we have identified in this study, considering that these uh, cell types that have been expanded express certain lineage markers, then we have uh, new questions basically to study the different cell types and the markers that they're expressing and tangle the role of these different uh, markers in the disease. I really am interested to know when this change starts, how much earlier than the actual symptoms of the disease. The duality of newly diagnosed ALS patients being on the cusp of vibrant health on one hand and a fatal trajectory on the other hand continues to fascinate Ingra and drive her lab's research. Whether the intricate balance between T-effector and activated T-regulatory cells lies at the heart of this dichotomy remains to be seen. Untangling the different biomarkers of disease may also help scientists develop an effective treatment that tips the balance towards an immune profile that delays disease progression. We still need to find medication that works more actively or, or halters the disease in a better way. It's very interesting in the clinical trial area to be able to have a new hypothesis and to try medication that attacks or directs themselves to different areas of the body, not only specifically targeting the neurons, but targeting things that can enhance the neurons' survival probability. In ALS, a lot of our patients have been healthy their entire life. They don't have that much comorbidities. Usually they tell us that they've never been to hospital before. They don't even have a flu or a cold. They're really healthy people, maybe more healthy than an average person in a way. So it's extremely interesting to think about their immune system being very active and then being too active or malfunctioning in a way. So I think there's a lot of work to be done still. Thank you for listening to The Scientist Speaks. This episode was produced by the Creative Services team for The Scientist and narrated by Iris Kolbatsky. Please join us next month as we learn about the neurobiology of language. To keep up to date with this podcast, follow The Scientist on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.